It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's show, we'll preview the game tonight between the Leafs and the Bruins as we discuss what Toronto will have to do to hand Boston their first regulation loss on the season. And we'll update you on the wild situation in the nation's capital. Pierre Dorian out as general manager. Why? That's a bit of a complicated story. We'll explain that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. What's going on, Dave? How was your uh, Wednesday going into Thursday, pal? Oh, a lot of people wanted to talk least with me today. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you don't know why, do you? No, yeah. A, lot, th- a game like that against L.A. is definitely, that's water cooler conversations. Like, ah, did you catch the Leaf game last night? Like, they were brutal. And then they got to tell you their take. Of course, talk about Reeves. What's going on with Mitch Marner? That guy's been terrible. Got to trade Marner. I got some trade Marner chatter going off on my timeline today. I don't know about you or you know anyone else listening to the pod, but I got a lot of trade Marner chatter um, that I saw popping up on the old Twitter or the old X and you know on on Reddit and and all of those uh, fan pages and whatnot. Not a popular guy right now in the city of Toronto is uh is is mitch marner but he'll have a chance to rectify a poor game the whole team will have a chance to rectify that uh tonight they're in boston uh taking on the big bad bruins who dude like i just i don't understand how they're doing this um the bruins if you haven't been paying attention are 8-0-1 they've yet to lose in regulation uh and they're through the first month of the season number one in the league top in the league and somehow are doing this despite seeing Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci both retire. And honestly, they didn't really replace those guys. The team just continues to chug along without them. It's it's wild. The Boston Bruins, what they're doing this year to start the season is just insane. Yeah, I mean, what what it speaks to a lot is that the Bruins, as I've seen from a lot of Bruins reporters, the culture is strong. Yeah, but It is. You kind of you you laugh at that, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of true, guys. <laughs> like, dude, like it's weird because it's it's a buzzword everywhere else, but yeah. like that's a staple word in Boston. Like they do have a good culture. Like it, it, it here in Toronto, I don't know how, what the culture is if there is one. They're kind of in a weird period, anyways, where things are between GMs and you know hasn't really been able to establish a culture and exactly put his you know his thumbprints all over this team but that the culture in Boston what Don Sweeney's built there um that's that's solid rock solid and it 
it it just passed on from Bergeron, Krejci, and it's just they just passed it on to other guys, right? Like Pasternak is now kind of that youngish guy who's still an absolute stud. He's you know a few years into the league now, being a star. You know, Marshawn's there, but McAvoy, who's could be out tonight, by the way, starting game one of his suspension uh, tonight. So no McAvoy. So at least catch a bit of a break there. Um, but yeah, like the culture there has always been strong. It just seems like it's still, despite losing one of the best men in the game year after year in Patrice Bergeron, he just seemed to rub off on everybody. And that team's still clicking and operating at an elite pace. Yeah. And, and they find ways to get contribute. Like, you look at this team on paper, anything, how is this team on paper contributing the, like getting the production they're getting? Like Matthew, uh, Poitras, I think I'm not too Poitras, sure. Yeah. Poitras, yeah second round pick from 2022. And he is their top line center right now. And he's staying <laughs> with the team. Now it kind of helps. He's playing with, I think like Pasenak, Zaka, Marshawn, like those guys kind of bring those guys up and, and, and elevate them to that. What, what they're able to contribute the way they are. But I think what it is, too, is that there's no guys taking flyers like there's no guys who are putting in half the effort. Everyone's chipping in in some way, shape or form. Their blue line also stayed intact. Right. Like other than losing, you know, Orlov. Right. Uh, I think they also Grizzlick moved on to Grizzlick is not hurt. No, not Grizzlick. Um, sorry, not Grizzlick. Uh, Clifton, Connor Clifton. Oh, yeah, I mean they, but they yeah. didn't lose like their core guys. Like Lindholm's right. still there, Carlos still there, McAvoy's still there. They're the they're the backbone of that blue line. Yeah, we're losing Orlov kind of hurts, but he was a deadline acquisition, right? He wasn't right. like a key part of their blue line last year. They were still good before they got yeah. Orlov. So like they they've been able to establish, you know, a good group, a solid. That's what a core is. A core is not. Two, three, four guys like it's been talked about here in Toronto, right? Everybody, right? Look at like you look at some of the moves they made this offseason. Like the Bruins were kind of, I wouldn't say laughed at, but people are like, that's all Boston did. They brought in Van Riemsdyk, Geeky. They didn't bring anyone to replace Bergeron or Krejci. Then they start the season five and no. Like, yeah, it's yeah. annoying. They're, they're going to get a night a nineteen year old second round pick uh, co- come through and replace Bert. Like guys got five points so far through these nine games too. So like the productions there as well. He's matching it, and you know he was asked the other day because he, he he's played nine games. So if he plays one more, you know that that contract, that entry level contract, it mm-hmm. starts right. They they burns a year, and uh, Don Sweeney was asked a couple of days ago, and he said, "Oh no." He's staying. He's playing 10 games. That's for sure. Um, so they're getting contributions up and down the lineup. But like you said, I mean, Pavel Zaka, he's got six points so far. Charlie Coyle, he's got six points through nine games. JBR's got three goals in nine games. Patras, Marshawn, nine points. Pasternak, 14 points, eight goals in nine games. Um, so they're getting, you know, a lot of contributions from those guys. But I do think that not having Charlie McAvoy tonight should be a an opportunity for the Maple Leafs to kind of exploit that, that team, right? Like that's a big part. 
like that's a he is a true number one defenseman. Like there aren't a lot of true number one guys out in the NHL. You've got guys who can play like number ones. Um, you know, like Morgan Riley's played the role of a number one for many, many years, but still not really a true 200 foot, you know, shutdown can also play offensive defenseman. It's just not what he is. McAvoy is that guy. So if he's not going to be in the lineup tonight, the Maple Leafs have to take advantage here. The big yeah, this... boys in particular have to take advantage here. I'm staring at you, Mitchell. I'm staring at you, Austin. Oh, Willie. No, 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 not you, Dave. <laughs> the, the, the guy behind you, Mitch. Mitch, Mitch Mitchell Martin. I, Michelli. Jersey. I should have brought it out so you could have pointed the minor jersey. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the guy the guy on your other shoulder is actually doing decent this year he's 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 playing up to speed there Mar- uh, Tavares and Riley but uh this this has to be the game I think where we see Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner the two dudes have kind of struggled for them to, to to finally come alive like the the calendar has flipped right the spookiness of August is over and it's time for Mitch Marner to to arrive in the 23-24 season yeah Exactly. And like for Boston, people say, like, oh, but they find ways to get, past, you know, find ways to make it work. You got to replace a guy who's averaging close to 24 minutes a night. That's not an easy, easy fee. You can probably find guys to chip in here and there. Charlie McAvoy, when he plays 24 minutes, those are crucial 24 minutes a night. So it's tough. And yeah, you know, we talk, I know there's been a lot of talk about the new guys not being able to step up, but we've always made it known that the success or failure of this team has always been about the big boys, right? Yeah. Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Riley. They're the ones that are being paid to, to do it. Maybe that's, again, we talked about how that's, that's something, maybe the culture that needed to change. Unfortunately, it hasn't changed, right? Because yeah. guess what? The head coach is putting those guys out there pushing them to be the guys, right? So as long as Sheldon Key continues to do that, that's who you have to live and die with to be the guys to contribute and pull yourselves out of tough situations. Yeah. And look, it's, it's going to be a physical game. Like that's, that's the, yeah. the, the boss of Bruins. They, they still play a physical style. I mean, they had a Milan Lucic back into the fold. Like it's going to be a physical game and they're going to have to, you know, play through it. Right, they didn't really do that in LA, and we chalked it up to that. Nah, you're not going to have your A game 82 times of the year. It's just not going to happen. But we did say, but you can't have your F games, your D games, back to back. That that can't be the case, and especially against a division rival like the Boston Bruins. Um, certainly cannot have another effort like they did in LA. And a big reason why they struggled in LA was because of the speed and the fact that they were being suffocated. You know, playing playoff hockey. Uh, well, the Boston Bruins, they know how to play playoff hockey too, and they can get after you. They can get on you. Um, not as quick and speedy as the LA Kings, but they definitely are as heavy and bruising as the Kings can be. So, you know, Toronto's going to have to fight through that as well, uh, which leads me to the keys to the game, Dave. But before we get into our three keys of the game, I do want to tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our good friends, Over at Sleeper, a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. The Leafs, uh, Austin Matthews, he could score 50 goals. Toronto, they could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper's our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey. 
because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. I'm telling you guys, here's one that I've been playing, and I've been doing pretty well on it. It's William Nylander to score a point, because Nylander's got points in all nine games so far this year, and we'll look to extend that franchise record to 10 straight tonight. So there's one, perhaps, that you could use. All you got to do is make picks with guys like Nylander, Matthews, Tavares, Ovechkin, Crosby, whoever, uh, if they can record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Lee fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, we got a game tonight between the Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Uh, first and foremost, appreciate uh, everyone for taking the time to listen or watch the show. If you are an everyday or here on Locked On Lease, and you know who you are. Appreciate it, as always. If you're new to the show, just know that we do have new episodes coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, uh, wherever you find your podcasts at, whichever streamer you use, uh, also up on YouTube for the video version. Look us up, Locked On Lease. Hit subscribe, give us a like on the video, and uh, that really, really would appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's get to the three keys to victory tonight for the Maple Leafs taking on the Bruins. 8-0-1 on the year. Leafs looking to give them their first blemish in regulation as they travel out to Boston tonight. But what's one of the keys in order to do that, Mr. Morissuti? Well, they got to get off to a good start. You you can't... If there's one thing about Boston that I always hate about watching the Leafs play in Boston, if you get off to a bad start and the Bruins score first, they get the crowd going. It annoys. It's so annoying because that that crowd can like it, it can be intimidating in some ways to play against. So like the Leafs have to find a way to take the crowd out of it early. And I think you got to establish your your forecheck early, get some shots on that. Just do whatever you can to make sure Boston knows they're in for a long night. Yeah, absolutely. And not just a good start, but also let's get a 60-minute game going here. The Leafs have yet to do it. Like I was listening to Austin Matthews speak um, today in his press conference. And, you know, when asked what it'll take to beat Boston, you know, that's what he said, 60 minutes. We've yet to put together a full 60-minute effort. And against a team like that, the Boston Bruins, that's what it takes to come away with the full two points. And that's exactly what Toronto is looking to do. I mean, 
lot of them took the night off on Tuesday, right? So they should have some energy to spare. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Leafs actually ended up kind of scrapping the practice that they were expected to have today and ended up having just an extra film session. And then they'll have uh, a morning skate tomorrow in Boston instead. So eh, maybe they are preserving energy uh, for the game tonight, hoping to come out and play with, with that energy uh, so that they can have 60 minutes worth of uh, you know, juice in those legs, but it's going to be necessary to get the win. What's another key for tonight's victory? I think the big one here is you got to watch out for the top contributors like Pasternak, Marshawn, right? Those are the guys that usually give the Leafs a lot of fits. You got to play much better against the star players, and the Bruins are not gonna not gonna take it easy on Toronto, considering what happened last game. I mean, don't no team is taking it easy on Toronto, but I I just think that those are the guys that always are leaf killers. You gotta you gotta take them out of it some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and and look, in order to beat Boston, like they gotta find a way to to get traffic to the net. Mm-hmm. A big reason why they weren't really able to to score on LA, they weren't really going into the day high danger areas, but not only get traffic to the net, but they gotta get extra possessions when they're in the offensive zone. That's something that this team has not really been able to do, but if they can hem Boston in their own end without Charlie McAvoy, uh, without Patrice Bergeron, I think if they can get a couple of waves of pressure, those waves and waves, then they could try and capitalize and score. Haven't seen that a whole lot, particularly from the big boys. Again, something that Matthews was talking about was they hadn't, it's, it's been a lot of one and dones, right? They get one shot off and then boom, the puck's out. All right. They're not able to keep possessions alive. No one's digging for pucks in the corners. They're not being, being able to bat pucks down the way that they were a year ago. That stuff needs to happen. Active in the offensive zone when you don't have the puck. That is something that I think the Leafs will have to do. If they can force a couple turnovers and then end up with a couple extra opportunities, uh, high-grade opportunities, uh, you know that should work in their favor, and they're going to need as many opportunities like that as possible against a pretty solid Bruins team. So I think that's another key uh, for tonight's victory. So there you have it. Those are the keys to victory tonight that we think the Maple Leafs are going to have to do in order to pull away at the full two points and potentially get Boston their first regulation blemish on the season. Uh, the starting goaltenders on either side have not been announced as of uh, the time of this recording. Um, you know, we kind of debated whether or not it should be Joseph Wall or Samsonov uh, on yesterday's show. Uh, but, you know, so you've had a full 24 hours to kind of sleep on it, Dave. So I'm curious, do you have a preference as to maybe who starts in this one in Boston? I mean, my preference is Joseph Wall. If I had to choose, it would be Joseph Wall. If I'm trying to think of Sheldon Keefe right now, it's I think he probably goes with Samson on just because it it just feels like that's the direction they go. But I think Joseph Wall deserves to get another goal because it sends a little bit of a message to Joseph Wall too that you know, even though you lose a game and not necessarily all your fault, you're not just gonna get yanked at that first chance, right? We're going to give you that chance to bounce back because he hasn't really had that chance to bounce back from a loss. Right. And I think that's right. an important thing to see. Can your goaltender bounce back from a loss? Uh, I'm just looking at Samsonov's numbers against the Bruins throughout his career. Not the best, uh, I guess you could say, between his time in Washington and Toronto. 
Uh, he's faced Boston just six times, just six, uh, yeah, six appearances against the Bruins. He's one, two, and one. So one of them actually, he just came in relief, but one, two, and one with a 298 goals against and an 882 save percentage. So has not been the best uh, against the Bruins in his career. They've had success uh, against him. They had a five goal outing against him last February. Um, and then also a four goal outing a couple of years ago when he was in Boston. So they've, they've been able to put pucks past this guy. Um, so maybe, maybe the, the Leafs should go back to Joe wall for one quick game. He's a local guy uh, or at least played locally at Boston college. Probably will have some friends that could attend the game. I, I would, I would go with Joseph wall. Um, and I think he does give you the best chance to win. The problem is, you know, you you do have to be weary about how many games this guy plays because uh, he's never played more than 33 games in a season ever in his pro career. So you do have to be weary about that. Um, we'll see what happens uh, and who ends up getting that start. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, as, uh, as the afternoon progresses, Jake McCabe will not play in tonight's game as well. Uh, the update there was that he, uh, we'll get onto the ice tomorrow. Isn't making the road trip, but he'll get on the ice in Toronto and uh, probably not going to play on the weekend. Not completely ruled out, but unlikely to play on the weekend. And uh, at that point should be day to day starting early next week. So a, a positive update there. There was also an update on Connor Timmons. Dave, would you like to share with the class what we heard about Connor Timmons? He is back on the ice. Thankfully, because... Sorry, we Kale, Kale Timmons. Apologies, Kale, Kale. Yeah, Timmons. put some respect on on his on our preseason god. <laughs> that's when the Leafs were at their best when Connor Timmons was on the ice, dude. But like they were scoring goals, they were scoring goals yep. when Connor Timmons was on ice. Kale Timmons, sorry, was on the ice. Yeah, and we know that Connor Timmons, what he is, what he is good, what he's capable of doing. Whether that's going to be able to help the Leafs down the road, it's tough to really say. Like, if used in the right role, potentially. But the other problem is, is trying to get him to fit on the roster. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So we are eight, 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 nine games nine into games. the season. Nine games into the season for Toronto. To this point, what have you seen from John Klingberg? that proves that he is more of an upgrade or a significant upgrade to Connor Timmons, that he should be in the lineup making two and a half million more than this guy. Okay. I don't know if the people on, uh, on our YouTube can see this. I'm putting up a zero sign. Yeah. YouTube can see it. The audio listeners. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not great with you know, hand gestures like that. You know, thank you. Zilch. Donut holes. Donut yeah. holes. I, I've if there's I can understand what they were trying to do with John Klingberg, the John Klingberg move. It hasn't worked so far. And part of me is wondering how patient can the Leafs really be when you're spending this much on a guy and you're not getting what you need. And you look at the path to try to improve this blue line. You also just took him off of the top power play unit, which was a big reason why I think. Well, you I was in. told that that was because he also played a shift before the power play, but maybe also a little bit. Also, like the guy is supposed to be here to be a shooter on the power play, and he's not shooting; he's distributing. 
which right. was the reason why Morgan Riley was successful in the power play. Like, we don't need a Morgan Riley in the power play. We need a John Klingberg on the power play, and he's not doing that. Right. The the only uh, nitpicky, but like lefty righty is is also something that that sure. works. Like him being a right hand shot on the power play over. Morgan Riley opens up, you know, some some different possibilities. But to your point, yeah, he's not doing well, his job. He has not performed anywhere near to expectations so no. far. He has not earned a fraction of the four and a half million dollar AAV that he got paid this year. And honestly, I'm not sure that he's done a whole lot more than Connor Timmons could have done or will be able to do if he can stay healthy and remain on this team and he's making what 1.1 million is yeah. is his aav like uh maybe they should have just rolled the dice and tried with connor timmons instead of john klingberg this year but hindsight's 2020 on that one i guess because what you can do here is you can have connor timmons in the right spot in the lineup which is on the third pairing yeah you can give him power play time because we know that he's able to produce offensively. The numbers show he's able to produce offensively. Yeah. He's like, he's like what Gustafson was supposed to be when they brought him here. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that's kind of the comparable I can make there. So why are you spending, again, as you said, $4 million on that when, and I, I was listening to Ray Farrow today on overdrive and he was just like, I don't see how the Leafs can really improve this blue line because of, not just how much they're spending on certain guys, but also like you can't put John Klingberg in a you know third pairing role because you're not paying to be a third pairing defenseman. Yeah. So yeah, he I, I would just probably have to go elsewhere if, I think if so. something were to happen. Like it, it could be one of that situation similar to when the Leafs were making all those moves at the deadline last year. Pierre Angle, sorry man, we we need to move your salary to make room. Yeah. Sorry. Sandy. Sandine, you have to go as well. I'm hoping that Bradshaw Living isn't married to Klingberg. I don't think so. It's a one-year deal. This isn't a guy he's got a long-term investment in. I'm hoping that they're willing to realize that at some point, the six, you know, something has to change because this blue line isn't yeah. getting any better. The experiment's not really working out as as they thought it may, and that was one thing that was quite admirable about sometimes I guess sometimes is, is is what I'll say. But like when Kyle Dubas noticed something wasn't working with a player, sometimes he was quick to make a change. Like there, if they're more so bottom end of the roster guys where it's easier, like, you know, uh, they so noticed that uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel a few game, games into the season. All right, this isn't working. We're going to trade him for Dryden hunt. You know, he noticed, okay, uh, Miko letting in not working out here. We're going to trade him away, give him a change of scenery. Just not working here. You know, same thing happened with Barabanov, who turned out to, you know, do some decent things once he got some ice time in, in San Jose. So, you know, the, the, the Leafs in the past have realized and, and cut bait with guys. It'll be curious to see if that still will be the case here with Brad Trilliving. Uh, But again, remains to be seen. Uh, hopefully, I guess, best case scenario is Klingberg actually just turns out to be a good player and, and you know he's still just figuring out the system and figuring out how you know he can best perform with this maple east team and turn out to be a serviceable number four defenseman uh but to this point has not been that definitely has not and with connor timmons not on the horizon because sheldon keith did say he's still a ways away from playing 
but when Connor Timmons does get back in into game action, you know that you know this conversation's gonna arise again. You know, mm-hmm. is John Klingberg really worth three and a half million more than Connor Timmons? I don't know. If that's the case, can they find a way to get rid of that money? I don't know. Again, something to uh to kind of keep track on as the season progresses. Uh, so, yeah, so the game tonight at 7.30, puck drop in Boston Leafs. Bruins uh, should be a good one. I am expecting for Toronto, though, to actually put forward a, a good effort because they seem to always, you know, put together a, a decent effort against Boston. It always mm. seems to be a good, tight game. Um, so I am expecting a pretty good game tonight. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Boston's, uh, especially in Boston, they're usually quite close, those games. Yeah. A lot of goals usually, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes there's some, uh, there are some goals that are being scored in these games. But, you know, sometimes it's also kind of low scoring. Like, I remember Toronto won, like, 2-1 uh, in a game last year, and I think Matthew scored, like, both of those goals, if I'm not mistaken. So, there was one where Samsonov got hurt. Yeah, uh, that was five goals that he allowed in that game. Um, I believe was the situation. Oh yeah, the uh, that was the one. There wasn't a lot of goals there though. I don't think. No, that was the two one game. No, the two one got hurt on the Marshawn penalty the shot. Penalty shot, yes. But yeah, they did lose. They were one in three against the Bruins last year. Eight mm-hmm. goals scored, twelve against. So. Not yeah. not. Not the best. Not 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 the best, I guess you could say. Uh Boston has won three straight, actually. Yeah, in this uh in this series. Three straight in this series. But before that, Toronto had won four in a row. So maybe it's time for the tide to turn again here tonight. But uh we'll see what happens. We got the home teams four and one in the last five Maple Leafs have only won one of the last five games in Boston. So not, uh, not a, a, a lot of great trends going Toronto's way. You're right though. Actually the over is eight, three and one in the last, uh, in the last 12 meetings. So potentially that could be something for Toronto to do. And speaking of overs, if you do want to make a wager on tonight's game, you could do so on the FanDuel app. Score early this NHL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any NFL uh, $5 money line bet. Uh, that's 150 bucks if your NFL team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting. Indeed, U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. 
and candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it on search, according to U.S. Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor posts, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. So join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for a quality applications that match your must-have requirements. Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're hiring a team of one. They also know hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. And when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Indeed.com slash locked on. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, as of the time of recording this podcast, we have a World Series champion. So for those who will be listening, waking up and watching this or listening or watching us very late at night, you'll also know about this. But uh, yeah, so congratulations to the Texas Rangers for uh, winning themselves a World Series title. Uh, former Blue Jay Marcus Simeon, big part of that. And it looks like Corey Seager ended up with uh, with the World Series MVP. So congrats from uh, us here. We were hoping Toronto would have made a little bit more of a splash this season, but, you know, analytics had to go ahead and ruin a good thing. But we'll leave that to uh, the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Uh, that being said, um, there was a interesting situation brewing in Ottawa over the course of the last couple of months that none of us knew was happening. Hmm. Uh, it kind of started last week when we saw a suspension come down to Shane Pinto, um, who was at the time we thought trying to negotiate a contract. He was an RFA that was holding out all of a sudden, ah, 41 game suspension pinch for gambling and uh, contract talks were immediately cut off by the, uh, the, the owner, uh, Michael Anlauer. Fast forward to Wednesday and uh, news gets out that the Maple Leafs were, or Maple Leafs, the Ottawa Senators were going to be stripped of a first round pick due to the dealings of uh, a trade that involved Evgeny Dadunov going from Ottawa to Vegas. And then Vegas tried to move him to Anaheim. And if you recall, there was a situation there where the trade went through on deadline day. And then basically, uh, Dadnoff was like, you can't trade me to Anaheim. I have a no trade clause. And they were like, what? No trade clause. And, uh, I guess it's come out now a year and a half later that the Sens failed to disclose that there is a limited no trade clause and that Anaheim was one of those teams apparently. Um, and due to that whole botchery, uh, Dorian and, and, and the senators were stripped of a first round pick today, which subsequently made uh, the new owner, Michael Ann Lauer fire Pierre Dorian, or as they're spinning it, Pierre Dorian stepped down as a general manager. He, he, he resigned. 
But in some yeah. way, this was the last straw for Pierre Dorian. You know, hundred percent. This was the last straw, and this is, you know, the second that Michael Ann Lauer won the bid and was going to become the new general manager or the new owner of the team. Everyone knew that Dorian was not going to be his guy. Dorian was a dead man walking essentially at that point, uh, and especially so once he. Ann Lauer officially hired Steve Steos, his close buddy, to be the president, who is now going to step in as interim GM. Interesting how that ends up working. Uh, but, uh, yeah, weird situation here, Dave. Like, what what, what did you make of it all? I, I guess we'll kind of start with uh, whether or not you thought that a first-round pick was uh, a fair uh, punishment for the crime that was committed. Um, this might sound a little mean, but I kind of laughed when I saw the news at first. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's well just yeah, because like, bad things happen to Ottawa is funny. It just, yeah. it just is funny as from it's a fun. fan. And the one, the the funny part about that when I got when I saw the breaking news alert on that, or when I saw the Friedman tweet about that, a buddy of mine tweeted, "Well, this probably means Pierre Dorian is not going to last much longer." Then Freeman tweets that he's gone. I'm like, well, that's literally happening right now. <laughs> it was just yeah. so, just how that all played out. But I think the the part here, people are just like, ah, oh, you know, Ottawa got stripped the first round pick for this. And they always have to bring back the Chicago thing. Mm. And I always have to remind people this. Regardless of, I, I hated the Chicago thing. This is not me. One thing had to do with competitive, the competitive nature of a team trying to make a deal right and that deal not being able to go through because of negligence of another team right and failing to disclose something that ended up making the nhl look absolutely brutal right having to rescind a trade couldn't remember the last time i saw a, a trade being rescinded for that reason and you know the implications of that and also on the player and things like that so you have to look at it that way do i think a first round pick was justified it's a tough situation because I've never again we don't really know how what the proper punishment is, right? The coyotes, the last time a first round pick was docked was when the coyotes did the you know illegal testing with prospects, right? Right. So we don't really like this is the thing, it's uncharted territory, so we don't really know. But what I took from this, and maybe we'll play the Ann Lauer audio before I make one other point about this, because he was sure. Not only not thrilled with Pierre Dorian, he was not too thrilled with the NHL in general. And during his press conference, he pretty much was asked, why is this now your problem to deal with? So let's hear Michael Allen Howard talk about why he's not too thrilled with having to deal with this right now. And my follow-up question to that would be, you just kind of mentioned how you never anticipated this. You sort of inherited this situation. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of fans are wondering, why you should have to, this organization, have to pay for something that happened 18 months ago, not even on your watch. What would you say to that? I totally agree with you. I have, you that's, an, that's a question you have to ask the NHL, why it took a, a whole year since the hearing. Granted, it was a two-day hearing, 73-page reports. It's not something that's just slam dunk. Uh, and, you know, and the commissioner had a lot of time to deliberate on it and, and, and think about it. But why I inherited this is, is beyond me. Like, there's no reason for it to last that long. Um, I knew about it through the due diligence process, and it was basically, uh, from the seller's perspective, it was it was really a non-issue. 
So <laughs> I don't know if first rounders are not an issue to you guys, but it is to me. So, uh, oh, you're uh, muted there, Palio. I can that see your last listening. part there speaks so much more. Like people talk about, oh, I don't like why I inherited this. I have no, but that last part right there where he says, I don't like the seller didn't really disclose it. And I don't know about you, a first round pick kind of means a lot to me. So this, there's two issues here. And also this was brought, so brought up with the Shane Pinto situation where the NHL had already started this investigation way before they even mentioned to the senators that they were doing this investigation in the first place. Like, if I'm Michael Anauer, I am pissed. And he's pissed, obviously. You saw in the video. But yeah. you just paid a pretty penny to purchase the Ottawa Senators. And the first thing they do within your first few months of owning the team, they suspend one of your top, you know, core players yeah. for 41 games. Then sending a message like that was a message sent to the league and the senators are paying happen to, to, to pay for it. Yes. Yeah. Then you get docked a first round pick. Obviously, they get to choose when that first round pick, but losing a first round pick is never a good thing. Yeah. And after, but yeah, so they get to choose either this year, next year or the year after. So they have yeah. the next three picks to decide. Uh, which first rounder that they want to surrender. They get to decide, I think, 48 hours after the draft lottery to yep. make that decision. But the problem here is the message not only this sends to Michael Anhauer, who, again, this whole situation of buying the centers was messy, right? How many invet people dropped out? They didn't like the process the NHL was dealing with it fact that this stuff was never even brought up apparently to Ann Lauer in the way that it was being discussed how yeah. long it took the NHL to deliver it. the senators traded Danov in 2021 the <laughs> deal they made to Anaheim was in 2022 so a year and a half ago first and foremost like NHL glad you're really putting priorities in the right place but yeah. second if you are a person right now looking to invest in an NHL team I think they should think twice when you look at how the NHL has kind of screwed around one of their newer owners, kind of kicked them in a pretty terrible way. Yeah, but let's be honest, Dave. If you were a billionaire and you had a chance to own a sports franchise, I don't know if this would stop me from doing that. Well, true, but it's it puts Ottawa in a terrible position, right? Like, let's now they're probably not going to trade, like, depending on what happens this year with their with the team like they're kind of they're four and four right now they look like a team that could push for a playoff spot they're probably going to want to use that first round pick if they want to make a splash right well the problem the problem with them too is like they're along with all of this they also like thomas shabbat is now out for four to six yep. weeks with an injury right like there's a bunch of issues going on with this team and like brandstrom's been injured um, there's just a lot happening, uh, a lot of negativity surrounding this club right now. I'm curious what all this would mean for, for DJ Smith, uh, yeah. the coach there, like how much longer of a leash will he have now that Dorian is out? Um, there's, there's a lot kind of up in the air right now. Uh, well, when it comes to respect, uh, DJ Smith. So he has DJ doesn't have to worry. The players respect him. So do they, do they now really They play hard for DJ. Steve Stales' words. I listened to that whole thing. Um, 
But I, what I, I you, will... know what, you know what though? I, I, I do agree. They do I, play hard for DJ and they have played hard for DJ, but like at some point you got to start winning hockey games here. Yeah. Right. The goal should not have been 500 by the end of October. Right. Like that, that's not, that shouldn't be your goal. I understand that they've gotten off to really slow starts, but to publicly say that like three days before uh, this whole situation is definitely a bad look. Uh, I would say like this, is the team that was hoping to take that next step and, probably would have liked to been like you know five and three or five two and one you know something like that by the end of october not a 500 hockey club but i digress i will also say for the nhl sake too it's not their fault that pierre dorian was incompetent in this situation so hold on hold on this is the other part of that discussion that i kind of wanted to get into and we'll have to keep it pretty brief because i think we're rolling into over 40 minutes here yeah the nhl is they should be held somewhat liable for some of this stuff as well. Like, where's the culpability sure. with the NHL here? I mean, if you are making a trade and you're signing off, you have to make a trade through the registry. Right. You should 100% know whether or not a team or a or whether a player has a no trade clause, and it should be on the registry to make sure that all of that information gets disclosed before it gets signed off on. Like that is also on the registry, and why there's no no section within the registry that actually has this information uh, and how nobody deals with this is beyond me. And I guarantee you going forward, it's probably will be a discussion that there should be some, you know, somebody dealing with no trade clauses throughout the NHL and making sure that they're all submitted properly and everyone has the teams and everyone has access to know what's going on. No reason for it to be secretive. Um, there should be something there. So I think that the league does need to take a little bit of culpability here with this as well. Well, and the part that really I laugh at, because I remember when that deal was next, oh, you know, the, nobody knew that the getting Dadunov had a no trade clause. Any person with a computer on going on cat friendly would have seen that the contract had a modified new trade clause. Right. Like, also that. <laughs> It's right there. It's not like this was a secret. <laughs> like right. that, that only the senators knew this. It's public. We know it. Yeah. It, it ultimately is it, it what what it seems like is Vegas was very uh embarrassed by the situation and wanted retribution and revenge on Ottawa and that's why we saw this happen. Right. Like clearly there, there was there was a court proceedings and this was a, a two year process, uh, one and a half year process and a 73 page document, according to Ann Lauer, um, about this court proceeding. And clearly they wanted Ottawa to pay pound and they wanted a pound of flesh. Yeah. And they got it. They got it. Right. Like they, they also they wanted to get it. But... Too, and they want to get Ottawa back in some way, too. <laughs> they got the They got Mark Stone for nothing. Like you think that would have been okay? It's like, all right, whatever. You gave a stone for Brandstrom. Like, I guess, I guess you got one over us, but we want a Stanley Cup with that guy as our captain. Like, oh, I, I, if I were a Sens fan, and I know Sens fans are livid with the situation, like Ross and Pilsy over on Locked On Sens, I guarantee you they are just fuming over this whole thing you should probably go and take a listen if, i was gonna say if there show. is an episode of a non-leaves locked on show you need to go and watch 
Thursday. It's tomorrow, tomorrow's episode of Locked On. So they actually, they, they did a live show after the press conference because they, they had to, to talk about it. So there, there's they if you want to know more about the situation um, and get like a, a, a sentence fans perspective, go check out Locked On Senators. They, uh, they they're covering it really, really well. But ultimately, I just this is such a, a stupid situation. Um, I think that the NHL totally dropped the ball with their dealings with Ann Lauer. He's kind of getting stuck with the bill here for absolutely no reason. Um, and ultimately, the Sens, it's been a bad news train for uh, you know a week now. Again, like I said, Pinto, then Shabbat's out for six weeks, and then this happens. And then they fire their GM uh, a couple hours later. Like, it's just not a good... Not a good, uh, bad jujus going on out in, in Ottawa. And uh, I think, what, next Wednesday, Leafs in Ottawa play? So and we'll have to get Pilsy and uh, and and uh, Ross on. Maybe do a little preview show crossover and see how they're feeling a week after all this happened when we'll talk to them next week. But, yeah, interesting stuff happening out in the nation's capital and uh, it gets a little better because the two names that keep surfacing as potential GM and and maybe eventually coaching candidates are you hearing are you hearing the names being brought in Peter Shirelli and Claude Julian these are the names Peter Shirelli is being thrown out there in the streets as one of the names that Ottawa is seriously considering to fill the interim GM position uh, and then Claude Julian would be the coach that he would like to bring in that's just chef's kiss. Mwah. All I'm going to say on that, if Peter Shelley gets hired, any top pick on that Senators team better watch their back because Peter Shelley has no issue trading a former top pick whenever he needs to. Right. Just look at Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, a couple guys that were just kind of traded away from their teams. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I I, I would hope that he doesn't trade. Tim Stutzla. I would hope he doesn't trade Jake Sanderson. Those guys look like they're decent. Brady Kachuk, their captain. They might be part of the long-term future here. But when Peter Shirelli's in charge, you never know. Maybe Adam Larson will become a uh, will get a, will become available someday. Anyways, uh, yeah, what a it's an interesting situation out in Edmonton. Never a dull moment in Ottawa, apparently. Uh, and I'm sure, again, this won't be the last we hear of this. Uh, so something to keep an eye on moving forward. All right. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Uh, and you'll receive daily Leafs content Monday through Friday. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead. Leave a like if you enjoyed this video. Comment down below your thoughts. Lease Bruins. Uh, yes or no? It's all I want a yes or no question, Dave. Does Ryan Reeves drop the mitts tomorrow in Boston? No, Neil on Lucic, so no. He's not there. He's hurt. Okay. No, Milan Lucic, so no, he don't drop the gloves. He better drop the mitts. Okay. He better. It's been a while. It's what he's in here to do. It's the Boston Bruins. Shut up the garden. Let's get a tussle going. That's what I'm hoping for tomorrow. Let us know down below which side are you on. Team fight, team no fight when it comes to Ryan Reeves. Plus, hey, if he's in the box for five minutes, he can't go out on the ice. That's a bonus. 
addition by subtraction for the, for the Maple Leafs. All right, we're getting silly here. That'll do it for us here today. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow to recap the game. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.